Good evening. Welcome to Kitchen Radio. My name's Rita Katoni. That was Yumi Zuma with a 2017 track called Half Hour. Kitchen Radio is a regular show that goes out each Friday on 8CCC 102.1 FM in Alice Springs and in Tennant Creek. And it's available online at um, the 8CCC website. And sometimes if I've got the time and effort, you can also um, listen to it afterwards. Tonight, I'd like to welcome my very special guest, Dallas Gold. Hello, Dallas. Hi. You might know Dallas from Raft, Raft Gallery here in Alice Springs. And if you've been lucky enough to go to one of the exhibitions at Raft, you might have encountered um, Dallas's amazing catering, his amazing food, particularly your almond dip, which is famous not just here, Dallas, but I understand it's famous in Darwin as well. And Broome. And Broome, okay. (laughs) So, um, look, Dallas and I share a love of food and I've been trying to get Dallas on the show for a while and we've just been waiting for, I think, the right moment and the right topic, um, which we'll get on to in a little bit. But before we start, I'd just really like to ask you, Dallas, about your, your love for food. How did you get into food? Well, it all started because both my parents used to work shift work and we grew, I, I grew up in, in suburban Sydney, but we grew all our own vegetables and both my parents worked shift work and we, I had two younger brothers, so I had all these chores to do when I got home from school and one was, you know, weed the garden, pick the veggies and cook um, for my two younger brothers. But what was a chore ended up being like a creative outlet. So when I first left home, I I was on like $28 a week and that allowed for maybe... $28 a week, did you say? Yeah, Yeah. rent (laughs) was 15 and so I, I spent ten dollars a week on food, so, but and I was in <laughs> that's a, house a good that's a good percentage ratio yeah. wise. So <laughs> I was in a household full of other young guys that had absolutely no idea about food, and they're left to their own devices. So just go and buy a hamburger. But sometimes they couldn't even afford to do that, so everyone would chuck in two dollars, and it was my job to cook for everybody. And then that ended up being like you know I get really creative and. Um, inventive with on a low budget and and then when I was in Newcastle I was well I'd just gone back to TAFE to get my HSC so I'd go to art school and then decided not to go mm-hmm. and I was working in restaurants and mainly front of house and I was then I, I lost my empathy for people after a while <laughs> being front of house in in restaurants that serve alcohol and yeah. Ended up going into the kitchen, and then I was disgusted with what how food was treated in the kitchen. So, and then a friend he bought a pub and had this amazing Art Deco style dining room and kitchen, and it had been mothballed for like twenty years. And no one had it still had everything there. It had silverware and all the plates and oh, this amazing wow. old um, enamel and um, you know, like an early cooker style. It was like a c- early cooker style yeah. stove, but commercial. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, I opened the restaurant, and as the as the restaurant owner, or as yeah, the, no, a, I was and a the cook, cook as well, owner and yeah. cook, and um, we just winged it, and it was chalkboard menu. Had a sometimes the menu would last a few days, but it would just was whatever we get mm-hmm. at the local market and the fish co-op and. And I had a friend who really liked what I was doing, so he came and worked with me on a volunteer basis initially. And then after a while, I could apprentice him. He was Sri Lankan, and he had relatives right throughout Southeast Asia, so it was his job to make the masalas and do all the... Oh, yeah. And he 
was amazing because he could um, source all this. This is days before internet, so he had access to so much knowledge. We decided we didn't want to do lunch, so we just spent all day prepping for dinner. Uh And so it was... We had music in the kitchen and we'd grind our own masala, you know, roast our own sp- whole spices and grind them. And, and um, anyway, it, was, it became legendary and people used to queue up because we were upstairs and people queue up the stairs. So this is in Newcastle? To try and get in. Yeah, this yeah. is in Newcastle. And um, one night and we were there, every night would turn into a party because my partner at the time, she was fantastic front of, too good front of house because she just entertained people and yeah. we'd only ever do one sitting, but... You know, we we're only charging like you know, eight dollars for an entree or something, or not even five dollars yeah. for an entree, ten, what, eight dollars for a main, I think it was. So we weren't making any money. We were living in the hotel, but um, every night turned this party. One night, Andrew and I were, you know, we had this very long night, and we were catering for um, the Hunter Valley Theatre Company, and and it and it was like, it was just like a raging party all night, and it was like one thirty in the morning. We were in the deep sinks washing dishes you know trying to get out of there and it went all quiet and we think oh and then Andrew and I looked at each other and then we turned around and the whole of the group the 40 thespians (laughs) came into the kitchen gave us a standing ovation oh wow and that was like the start of the that was our first catering gig and um and then from there I I did that for a couple of years and then we did a cafe which was more financially viable but similar style the the premise behind the food was just whole foods it was a you know it was like slow what slow food is now Mm -hmm. was um start from scratch with everything and and then if you ordered say if you ordered a curry if we had a particular style of curry Mm. you'd get all the the whole table of food all the condiments that went with the bread that went with it the chut the fresh chutney that went with it Mm. or and was it a la carte or was it sort of like a, a buffet, not a buffet, well, like what's called, what's it called? Where a you banquet. A banquet yeah, or you've got a shared. Certain dishes were like yep. if you ordered a curry, you, you'd share that at the table because yep. we, we served in a pot rather than the plate. Yeah, 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 it's a lovely way to serve curry. Yeah, and so I used that style of catering, right? I ended up doing a catering venue after that and then eventually did get to art school as a mature age student 15 years later and catered my way through art school. And then then I tried to be a practising artist, but then when we started having, Lorna and I started having kids again, my practice all of a sudden looked like folly. Yeah. But food was still there in the background. And then I, I tried to, then I, so I stopped being trying to be an artist and then that's when the gallery opened. But okay. even, even with the gallery, it was still... Every event, every opening was like a mini catering job. Yeah, well, it is here as well. It's like a little mm. mini banquet. Like you're, as I said, the almond dip, but also you do, oh, where do you get those pears from, you know, and the cheeses <laughs> yeah. and things that are quite hard to get here. They just only ever appear at um, raft openings. Well, you have to be diligent. You yes. have to grab things <laughs> when they're there. But you don't cater professionally anymore? Well, at my last catering gig was one that we did together oh, for the okay. Steiner. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I decided that I'd lost it because I, yeah. I, I advocated to I could have seen them out and that, that was just that uh, was no, hard I've, work. Yeah. I've lost it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I've, I mean, I've never yeah. undercatered, but overcatering. Well, it's better to overcater. Oh yeah, isn't but it? Yeah. not double. Yeah, <laughs> maybe ten percent, but that was you know over yeah. the top. 
So the topic for tonight was one that you suggested, which is this idea of well, a 30-minute meal. Well, I thought it would be a challenge because yep. I'm always seen to be, you know, having to get something together within a short space of yeah. time. And that's like real food that everyone has to, you know, go home and prepare food for the family. Yeah. That it's possible to do, you know, something half decent and half an hour. But mind you, you have to be a bit organised. You do. Um, and I like that idea of it being sort of not 20 minutes, not 60 minutes, because 30 minutes is about what it takes to get in your car, drive to the food vans, order some laksa or something else, then come back home. Like I was thinking about it, I was thinking, yeah, 30 minutes is if you're really hungry or you're tired or you're busy, you know, it's kind of like if I can get the food in 30 minutes, I'll be yeah. happy. Yeah, you if know? you're chasing good takeaway often you know you have to allow for an hour oh exactly yeah. yeah so it's you know like having takeaway doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be quick or if it is quick it's not good for you it's not great for you yeah and like there is a real compromise because you don't ever know or even whenever you go out you don't know sort of what's in the food you're eating um and that's okay but you know if you've got a passion for good healthy food you know you might not like a lot of sugar in your food or mm. really high quantities of fat etc so I think the idea of a half hour is great. It sort of comes back with to the way I started cooking the first, you know, when I didn't have any money whatsoever and you only had like $2 or you'd go down to the veggie shop and say, can you, you know, what can I get for two bucks? Yeah. And then you try and you might have, I think I only had one saucepan, so you had to cook it all in one saucepan <laughs> and I got good at chopping things at different sizes. So you put it all in the pot at the same time and, and then put enough water and and maybe a bit of butter or a bit of salt in there, and once the water's gone, everything is cooked. That yeah. that sort of working it's out very those. Quick. Yeah. Might not be very exciting though. No, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose what we're talking about here is not necessarily entertaining. Cooking for entertaining. It's about like cooking for the family. This is not for the ego. This is for no, no, sustenance. Sustenance, <laughs> right? So we decided like this: this idea that you've got you've either two approaches. Either you've got all your ingredients. Um, and, and you've got a well... I mean, I think you need, you need to have a well-stocked kitchen to do this because by the time you go out to a shop to buy a few ingredients, your 30 minutes has blown out, hasn't it? Yeah, well, and that's my catering background too. It, I can't help but to have a have like a larder, like have a, yeah. all the things you possibly could n- need. So you can be creative if you're organised because you've got... Mm. I've got a, a cupboard that's full of all the curry spices so you can make... Mm different type you know Thai curry or an Indian or various Indian style curries or it's or even some Middle Eastern well it's always good to have some ras tohunu and these things I mean yeah. it takes a little while a little bit to get organized mm. I mean you can make great food without those things but it if you do have that it's just like a palate yeah it just it does push it that little bit further and make it that that little bit nicer yeah you can put a creative edge on it then you know you can mm. do a quick meal but then if you've got those things on hand you can yeah enhance whatever you're doing yeah like i was saying the other night i happened to just throw some um coriander roots into the freezer and i had no coriander and it was like oh well now i've got sort of coriander mm. but before we sort of go into different tangents i'd really like to know if from your perspective, what are those sort of core ingredients or key ingredients that you need to have or anybody might need to have in their larder in order to cook a nutritious, healthy, yummy meal in 30 minutes? Well, you have to have, you know, the classical, you know, like ginger, garlic. Onions. Onions. But some people can't have onions, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Asafoetida then maybe if you can't have those. Yes, but um, 
it's just onions are this amazing thing that they can flavor so many yeah. dishes. I get a bit too reliant on onions. So I've got to have onions, but then I've got to have olive oil, sesame oil, tamari, um, mirin, Chinese rice wine. That's for all the Asian-style marinades mm-hmm. and, and stir-fry dishes. A soy? Do you, what sort of soy do you I, have? I use tamari. I don't tamari, use soy because I, I yep. can't eat wheat, so I have yep. tamari. It's got better flavour. I anyway. agree. I think tamari is much nicer than soy. I mean, you can get good soy, but not. In the supermarket. No. Basmati rice, brown rice, pasta. Parmesan have, cheese? Do you well, have to have pa- parmesan? I've got to have good parmesan. Yep. Passata and pesto if you can, if you're organised enough to make, like it's hard to have through winter, but if you're, yep. I've actually made a big mob of pesto and frozen it's it. It's fantastic frozen. Yeah. It's just such a quick meal. Yep. And that's that's a really quick meal when you you know you can just when you've yep. got pesto in your f- freezer or whatever it's it's so fast to put a pasta together. Yeah. What about legumes? Um, oh yeah, lentils and um, chickpeas, red beans. So do you, you use tins or do you? Cook I use them tins when I'm in a hurry. So it's yeah, and it is good to have. Like I I, I really don't like tin legumes at all, but occasionally I'll buy them there for when I'm in a hurry. Yeah. And I want to cook something really quickly. I usually match them up with something fresh. I don't have try not to mm-hmm. have make everything out of tins if I'm using. Mm. Although I have to say, you know, like if you are doing dried chickpeas and you go to the trouble of soaking like a cup of chickpeas, you may as well soak two or three cups. I end up with heaps. Cook them up and then freeze them. Like I often yeah. freeze them and that means that when you do want to use chickpeas, you don't have to use tin chickpeas. You've got really nice chickpeas in the freezer. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, way for you to find good dry ones too because yep. they're not all chickpeas that are... They're not all the same, are not, they? They're not all good either. And I'm a little bit of a fan of those Katoomba ones, which I think the IGA sell here. Right, I haven't sourced them yet. <laughs> <laughs> they're an Indian brand, but I actually think they're an Australian chickpea. Right. Yeah, I do I do like Australian chickpeas, but I think Indian chickpeas are really nice as well. But yeah, yeah. I agree with you. You've Not all chickpeas are the same. Well, for those... Who can't be food detectives and <laughs> <laughs> hunt all these things down? I, I, whenever I've done a little catering job, you end up going to every shop in town to find which is a crazy. Yeah, um, thank God it's only one town though. It's not like living in a city where you're know, actually going from suburb to suburb. Y- yeah. I was encouraging a friend the other day in Melbourne to get some um, some Greek ingredients. Some. And she was in St Kilda and I had a look and she would have had to have crossed over the other side of town to get those ingredients. So choice is great, but you can also use a lot of time to um, exercise that choice. Yeah. So um, sometimes simple is good, you know. Yeah. And when you do chance upon those things, grab them if they, if they have shelf life. Mm-hmm. I made a big mistake um, when I first moved here, I bought, like kept, I have this habit of buying things in bulk, and then uh, that was last year. Went through the cupboard, and I ended up buying uh, ch- chucking out so much <laughs> spices that you know they expired five years ago. Like, yeah, it's very it's shameful, isn't it, when yeah. you look at something? And for me, it's like 2014. And so if you find good spices, like if they're expensive spices, just keep them in the freezer. Like yeah. the Rasta Hunu, which is really expensive, yeah. um, smoked paprika and 
you know, things like that. Yeah. Just stick them in the freezer. Right? You know, the other thing I often do, like I often decant my spices if I buy bulk spices and I'm starting to put the dates on them so mm, that I actually know um, how long they've been there for. What about some dried foods? Do you cook with porcini mushrooms or shiitake mm, mushrooms? I use shiitake okay. um, for soup and noodle dishes. Mm-hmm. And um, what about um, polenta? I'll just look oh at my yeah, list polenta. here. We yep. use polenta for breakfast sometimes even. Oh, really? Make a polenta porridge. Or, you know, that's always a good... It's quite quick to make a, a soft polenta with a, with a, you know, a bolognese sauce or just a f- tomato sauce. Yeah, and I want to say to anybody out there, look, I'm not a food snob. I kind of am, but, you know, it's <laughs> pointless buying that cooked polenta. Polenta is so easy. It is such a rip-off to buy that cooked you buy polenta. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a slab of cooked polenta and I look at it and I go, but polenta's just like uh, salted water or a bit of stock and some polenta and you stir it with butter and cheese. Yeah, it's I mean, quick. What's, don't buy the cooked polenta. Um, I always like a, a mix of semolina and cornmeal together. My mother always used that for polenta rather than straight yeah. cornmeal. Well, what about frozen peas? Are you averse yeah, yeah. to... No, oh, no. Fr- frozen but peas but are I, good. I quite like frozen peas. Frozen yep. peas are probably better than fresh peas because they've been frozen fresh. Yep. Okay. It's probably the most. That's probably the only thing that I use fro- frozen vegetable. Although when the, you couldn't get beans for a while, I got frozen beans, and they're okay too. Yeah, I, I never do frozen beans at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. Frozen peas. I'm, I quite like a frozen pea, but not much else. Okay, so you've got all this larder full of these yep. ingredients. Yep. What's your? So if I say the five, your first, your five go-to. Uh, meals when you've got a half hour. Okay. Well, there's always a curry. Yes, I was going to say, like I visited Dallas last night and you were making a curry and I reckon I was there for about a half hour and it looked like you were about to eat by the time I left. Yeah, but definitely. Yep. You had a secret utensil which allowed you to cook that meal in a half hour. So do you want to talk about that very oh, yeah. secret, which I don't have. I'm terrified of them. But, um, I know, Lorna is too. She ducks. <laughs> she just won't come in the kitchen. <laughs> Pressure cooker. But the new pressure cookers aren't the same as the old ones. Like they've got some, they're a lot safer, you know. Mm-hmm. So what? What's the advantage in? Uh, well, they just a speed the process cooker. up. Like okay. they just, if you're cooking a curry, often like f- if you if it has meat, you it's good to cook it for an hour or more. Mm-hmm. You know, slowly. So it slowly. maybe cuts down that time by yeah. about what about by about a half well, hour or in half or more. Okay. So, like I. I pressure cooked that a kangaroo curry for twenty minutes, and it was and it was good tender, melt mm. in your mouth. So, um, so that that's and it, they're great for brown rice too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that's okay. I would I avoided pressure cookers, and then I the only one cooking course I ever did was a um, Japanese macrobiotic cooking okay. course at, at, in Sydney at the old. And it, and it was like macrobiotic center uh, central in Sydney, and they had upstairs they had cooking classes. This Japanese nice oh, Japanese wow. lady came and and it was really interesting. And and all the rice because she made brown rice yeah. for sushi. Okay. And it was delicious. And and it, what the pressure cooker does, it softens the grains. It's okay. really soft. And was it kind of like that fluffy? You know, it was sticky, not yeah. fluffy. Well, it depends how much water you put in. Yep. If, if you get the water right, it's sticky because it is a problem with brown rice is that you've got to kind of add about 20 minutes to the cooking if, if yeah that. not so with a pressure cooker oh that's good to know oh, you still haven't convinced me but i've looked at them every now and then but again i'm terrified we could them. do a show live <laughs> one time 
<laughs> pressure cooker. <laughs> yeah, but we want to come in the kitchen because yeah, too many memories. I mean, those old ones, they only have yeah, one Yeah, my mum had one too, yeah. Of the, with the weight on top. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> they were scary, but not, not the new ones. There's about there's three different ways for the pressure to be released. They just okay. don't. They, just they don't blow. No, That's the problem. Okay. So, but going back to the curry, so first go-to is the curry. If you've got a, f- if you're doing a fish or a vegetable curry, you don't need the no, pressure cooker. No, you don't. No, no way. You don't need a pressure cooker. And fish curry achievable in a half hour? Yeah, absolutely. Fish curry. I mean, especially a Thai style fish curry. You just poach the fish off in the end, and the mm. sauce is very quick. Just you, you fry. Your... I am a bit of an advocate for, like, if I'm not organised and I don't get an opportunity to make like my own paste mm-hmm. there's actually a couple of good ones you can get at the supermarket if you look not, you've got to avoid ones that have too much or any sugar like sugar, too much sugar yeah. or any starch or preservatives yeah and i mean yeah i mean acidity regulator is okay that's what's keeping it from going off mm. I, i'm okay with acidity regulator but certainly flavor enhancers and yep. thickeners aren't a good idea and if you're a vegan you probably have to avoid them they might have fish sauce or something in the butt dick then you might have to make your own paste up to be safe. Although I think you can probably source vegan-friendly curry paste yeah. in, um, in town. But anyway, so you, just, you fry your curry paste off, with maybe with some short or, and um, sometimes a bit of garlic and fish sauce and a little bit of palm sugar, coconut milk. And then if you had some fresh... Um, stuff in the garden like mm-hmm. if you've got lemongrass or your um, lime leaf or whatever mm-hmm. put that in and just poach the fish off in the end mm-hmm. or, or if you're making a vegetable one you root vegetables are really nice in mm-hmm. a in a Thai style yep. coconut curry um, you just put the potato and pumpkin or just pumpkin and carrot or mm. sweet potato and then right at the end I, I find with the curry um, like the Thai style curry, if you just chop fresh tomato and put it right at the end, mm-hmm. there's something some, something about the acidity in the tomato yeah. that sets the flavours. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking oh, I would normally put maybe some lemon juice or lime juice right at the end as yeah, well. Yeah, I'd serve fish. it with yep. that. Right, yep. I wouldn't cook it with that. You wouldn't cook it with it, yep. And we talked last night about mackerel being such a great fish for Mackerel's curry perfect as well. for curry. Yep. Yep. It's fantastic for curry. O- oily fish, but it's just the f- it just lends itself, you know, there's a great little lunch venue in Darwin, the Sari Rasa, and it's and it's been going I don't know why, probably fifteen years or more. And anyway, it's it's just Bain Marie mm-hmm. style cook, but it's always fresh because it's so busy that yep. it, nothing sits there too long. And they do a mackerel. It's called a curry, oh. but it's it's mackerel with um, okra. Yeah, and it's absolutely. Delicious. And, and is it, is it like a wet curry or a dry yeah, it's, curry? it's it's with a very watery yep. coconut milk, but it's not rich. Like it's not a, it's rich in flavour, but not not a not, not, not a cr- thick coconut. No, milk. not yeah. a creamy coconut milk. It's more. Yeah. And you know, I saw okra. Ling's got really good okra in there at the moment. Yeah, was, so the trick with okra is better when it's really small. Small. Yeah, I bought some recently. It was terrible. <coughs> so there's not a lot of rules to this um, exercise, except. I, I did decide no jar sauce with high levels of sugar, so no, none of those sort of pasta jar sauces or um, there's lots of even like sweet and sour sauce, etc., which is so simple to make. 
you're crazy using jar sauces, but mainly because they've got a lot of crap in them and they've got high levels of sugar. I just think everyone should read labels. Yeah. You know? um, and we're not going to do prepackaged meals. So we're not going to do any of those pasta no. sort of prepackaged no. sort of you put them in and then you add a bit of water. And as you've heard, we're sort of allowing tinned or packaged products, um, no prior frozen meals, but things like frozen bolognese or frozen chickpeas, etc., are fine. And generally not requiring any special kitchen utensils, although Dallas has just talked about the uh, pressure cooker. So well, you is. don't need one. They're, no, they're but handy. If, but if you're going to cook curry, um, mm. so we've <laughs> 30-minute meals. We've had one. We've talked about curries. What's your second meal for tonight? Well, just stick Dallas. with the curry theme for one. Um, dal is a really quick meal. Yeah. I love dal. So you just put your red lentils in the pot with some, you know, like a cinnamon stick and some water and a pinch of salt and... Um, and you bring it to the boil and you skim the foam off the top. And then, then I put, say, some turmeric in that and mm. then fry off some, um, you can do whole seeds, some curry, uh, you know, like a panch pora or just some uh, cumin seeds and mustard seeds. And, and then when they start to pop, put some onions in and fry. What you're actually doing is you're making your flavour in, in your frying pan. Okay. And, and then... Just to deglaze that, like get it so the onions are caramelised, and you throw in some chopped tomato to mm-hmm. to take. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, you put some um, like a, a masala powder. Mm-hmm. If you can get um, um, like a garam masala, or a well, you can. I use garam masala right at the end, but right. this uh, uh, like a there is masala powders yep. you can get, especially for curry that you can. There, there was a really good Indian supermarket in town, but there was um, the. I now there is IGA. Well, the IGA <laughs> or the, the, uh, there's a couple of Asian shops. So anyway, you temper it. Is it chaat masala? I've got this recipe here. Like, well, chaat yeah. is a is a type of masala. Um, masala. But, okay. Um, anyway. Anyway, okay, we're, we're going it, off. It, you yeah. can it can change every time you make it. Yeah. So then you just once the lentils are cooked and they only take um, ten minutes or so you stir in the onion mix and then uh, meanwhile what you can do while that's cooking or, or you can so start you don't have a lot of water with your lentils right it well is. you do need a lot because they absorb a lot okay okay yeah you, you probably have to follow the instructions i don't go for measurements but i just know it's if you're not sure you i think just one say a cup of lentils and a couple of cups of water and you can mm-hmm. you can just keep adding water if it yep. starts getting too thick and then what you could have cooking while that you're cooking that is you roast some pieces of pumpkin in the oven, and roasted pumpkin with the dal is mm. is delicious. And then you can make a yogurt dish maybe if you've got to you know chop up a cucumber and salt it and and put some cumin and mix it with some yogurt and have mm. that with it or or some raita some right yeah, yeah. Make, well make a raita or yeah. you can make it if you've got you know, say if you're entertaining, you would that would be one part of the meal. But if it's just a couple of, you know, or if that's enough, mm-hmm. or you could make a couple of other simple curries, like other garbage, that the potato and pea curry, or which is very simple, or palak paneer. Mm. I love palak paneer. Spinach is really good at the moment. Yeah. One of the things we have we haven't talked about tonight, but I think is quite important, is that idea of the order of 
doing things. So it's not like you're doing your dal and then you're going to cook your rice at the end of it. Like you've got to actually be thinking if you're going to try and get the meal on the table in about a half hour, you've got to work out at what point. Yeah, if you've got brown rice, you're going to need to put that on almost first. Um, Unless you've got a pressure cooker. Unless you've got a pressure cooker. If you've got a white rice, you're probably going to want to put that on like halfway through your cooking so you don't get to the end of your meal. Well, I start with, if I'm using white rice, say basmati, I'd soak the rice first. Okay. So the first thing you do, you soak the rice. Okay. Then chop your onions. Okay. Peel your garlic. Um, And when when all that's ready, then you sort of start the actual, or you can start your lentils because they can sort of simmer away. And then once you're organised, you know, if I'm by the time we get to the frying pan, you don't want to be worrying about too many other things. No. You want to concentrate. You want to be there with the frying pan, well, you, don't you? You, you want to yeah. be in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Otherwise, you're, you're going to have magic. burnt spices. Well, you're making the magic. Yeah, you're making. Yeah. You, you're giving it the edge. Then that. Well, so many people like to chuck things on the stove and walk away, and somehow it's going to magic itself to. You Don't know. go and feed the dog while you're <laughs> frying the spices. Yeah. <laughs> the dog can wait. <laughs> if you want to win hearts, you've got to stay there. Okay, so we've done we've done curries. We're now um, we, and we've done dals. What's your third meal for the night? Well, we talked about spinach and sorbet are really good at the moment. And being winter and every, a great pick me up meal, we've found this is something that's. Um, that I've been making for years now, probably about 30 years, but it, originally I got it out of an old vegetarian Middle Eastern cookbook, and it's an Egyptian soup. Um, it's called labanya, and it's um, mm. it's a spinach and yogurt soup. And all you do... And, of course, we talked about yogurt a few weeks ago, so there is an important thing with yogurt is that you can't... You can't you know, cook it too much, otherwise it splits. So no. I'm quite curious about this this meal. Right. So what you do um, with a bunch of spinach, you wash it and chop it up. Um, I've got a recipe, but I'll just I'm probably better just just to talk it through. Talk it yeah, through, yeah. and you can post it yeah, later. Absolutely. So you have your chopped spinach, and if you're organised and you don't have much fri- fridge room and you've done your shopping and you've got a bunch of spinach, you can actually just steam it down, like chop it up, like wash it and and um, put it in a colander, but then put it in a saucepan damp and then just sweat it down and then then it'll just fit in yep. the container and you have it there. For a couple so of th- days? Or yeah. And then, so to make the soup, you chop an onion and some spring onions and you... Uh, sort of them, not hard, just sort of, sort of sweat. S- Are we sweating? Well, a them? bit more than sweat. You want them to, um, yeah. Cook. I suppose you could sweat, but but you want them a bit faster than a sweat. A right? little bit, and yep. then you. Um, me- oh, actually, meanwhile, what before you start all this? Sorry, <laughs> you get some yogurt. Uh, for a bunch of spinach, you'd need five hundred grams at least, of yogurt, like half a big tub. Yep. And crush some garlic into it. Um, as you crush about three cloves of garlic into that. Mm-hmm. And then set it aside. Okay. And then you fry your onions and throw in some, a few tablespoons of ground cumin. Mm-hmm. And then um, you fry spinach. Oh, no, sorry, your rice. You put it about a... Two thirds of a cup of rice in there. 
Oh, okay. Um, a good long grain rice is good. Like and are you cooking this in ghee or olive oil or I coconut use olive oil. oil. Okay. Um, and then once the rice is coated um, with the oil and starts to be, you know, and before it starts to stick, you throw in your chopped spinach mm-hmm. and then some some water or stock to sort of cover it, um, or more than cover it. And you just gently cook that um, and you season it with a, a bit of salt and pepper. And then right at the end, when, it, when the rice is cooked, you, you turn it, you, you've got it on very low at mm. this stage. You take some of the soup and mix it into the yogurt. Mm-hmm. Then you add the yogurt to the soup, the mixture of the soup gently. Mm-hmm. And then just let it warm through, but then turn it off or very take quickly. it off the heat. Don't let it split. Um, if it does split, then you just you, you can add small yogurt when it's not. Oh, okay. When will, will that take out the split? Or? Not completely, but it will smooth it enough so the texture's you know good. But you don't have any heat under it when you do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if you do mix a bit of the soup in, into the yogurt first, if you did, if it was in the summer, you wouldn't worry about keeping your soup super hot. So you could actually, mm. if you had a bigger bowl, you add the soup bit by bit to the mm. yogurt rather than the other way around, mm-hmm. and then that way it's it's a creamy texture. But this way, anyway, it's a it's a really great nourishing. So there's something warming about mm. this soup. It's quite. And how are you nurturing. serving it? We usually do like a garlic bread with it. Um, okay. Just either, you know, get some good sourdough and toast it and then just rub it with clove of garlic or, you know, if you wanted mm. to do that. You don't really need anything with it. It's actually quite mm. a good okay. meal because you've got all that lots of spinach, rice. And you don't need lemon juice because you've got the sourness from the no, yogurt. it tastes like it, you know, with, when you use yogurt like that, it mm. tastes like it has got lemon juice in it, but it yep. doesn't. And is it a Greek yogurt you're using or I whatever use, you've got? I use a, that biodynamic yogurt. Well, Greek yogurt is good. Mm-hmm. A thick, um, good quality yogurt. Okay, yeah. And that's that sounds like it's going to be a half hour. Easy, an easy half hour. Yeah. Okay, so we've got curry, we've got dal. We've that's got a great soup. You're feeling a bit flat and it's yep. a real sort of, you know, it's a nurturing type of mm. soup. I feel like eating that now. Yeah, it's good. Before we go to the fifth one, we're going to just... Should we do the end of the week as the fifth one or should we do the end of the week now? Okay. Let's do the end of the week. Let's do the end of the week. So you get to the end of the week, right? Like what got you, nothing you, in the cupboard. You've got nothing in the cupboard. Hardly. I've got nothing in the cupboard. you got half hour, you're I've tired. Got a, you got I've, a, I've got a passata in the cupboard. Okay. A tin of tuna and some frozen peas. Okay. You're going to make pasta. Yeah. Oh, and I've got pasta. So... <laughs> Anyway, to make it easy tomato sauce, if you don't have any fresh tomatoes to put in it, I, I always try and add, you know, a, at least a couple of fresh tomatoes in it. Just yeah, gives it, that it does a totally different flavour. It's a yeah. real freshness that and you I, don't get with tinned tomato. And to do that, I ha- like I have a little pot that has a, has a steamer that goes oh, okay. over the top of it. It's just like a normal saucepan that has a little steamer part okay. that goes on top. I just put a couple of tomatoes in there with a the core taken out and a cross put on the bottom. Yep. And steam it for like not even 30 seconds just so the skin t- cooks and then chuck mm-hmm. it in some cold water and then take the skin off and then chop quickly chop oh, the tomato up. Wow. I 
been for years I've been putting my tomatoes in hot water and then pulling them out and splitting them and burning my fingers. This nah, is a much this better is way. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, this both is Dallas and I way. believe in peeling tomatoes when you're cooking. So. Well it not, well with that curry we talked about before yeah. when you chop up like the Thai style curry, you don't you can leave the skin on with that, like because that's also good with cherry tomatoes. Just chuck yeah. them in at the end. Yeah, cherry tomatoes. But you no, don't no, cook it too long. You don't cook them. You don't cook it till the skin falls off. It's just you just it. They just sort of almost just warm through, and the acidity and tomato goes through the sauce and balances mm. the fat. And anyway, so with the tomato, this pasta you cook spaghetti and you so what's the order what's so you got a half an hour you're going to put your water oh, I put on water on first thing put your water on and put yep. some olive oil on the bottom of a pot mm-hmm. for a, a small saucepan uh, and then sweat an onion if you've got an onion left and you know and if you don't just use garlic just garlic yep. and then put the um fresh tomato if you've got a fresh tomato otherwise put just put passata or even a tin of chopped tomatoes and mm-hmm. some passata and some salt, pepper, dried. If you've got fresh herbs, put some fresh herbs in. Otherwise, just some dried oregano. And you just simmer that away. I use probably a fair, not you know, not a huge amount of olive oil, but more than I normally would. And by now your water's boiling, so you're thinking about putting your pasta on at this point? Too? Yep, because okay. the sauce, once the tomato part's cooked, it's, it's pretty much ready. Done. Yeah. You, um, anyway, you Put your pasta on, then you add your tuna to your sauce. I use tuna and olive oil usually, if, you know, if I can find tuna in olive oil. And then right at the end, I put like a cup of frozen peas mm-hmm. in. And there's something about that tuna and peas combination. Yeah, I love tuna and peas. I had this pasta in the 80s sometime, yeah. somewhere in the inner west of Sydney, and it was tuna and peas, and it, and it was just yeah. ever since then I've been hooked on it. But it... It's just such a good, quick um, meal to mm. have um, if you can eat tuna. That is. Yep. Bit of lemon juice at the end at all? Uh, I don't, but you can. Oh. But sometimes I put uh, a handful of capers in oh, there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Bit of parsley if you've got it. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Definitely fresh parsley. And are you um, are you tossing that through? I'm, I'm thinking this would be good with spaghetti, but obviously any pasta I'd that you've go got. I'd with spaghetti. I'd probably better with spaghetti than um, uh, penne or linguine. Mm, or yeah. Be good with farfalle. Yeah. Yep. It's a good one. The way it waits, the sauce will just sit in those little yeah. bows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, definitely um, different shapes suit different, different sauces. sauces. Yep. Now, would you serve this with parmesan? Because I know you no, shouldn't. Not no, not usually. No, because seafood, uh, pasta sauces and parmesan are a, a no-no, apparently. I do, but I know it's it, it breaks some cardinal it, rule d- of Italian cooking. It doesn't cooking. really need it, though, I find, this one. Yeah. We definitely have lots of parmesan if we're just doing a... There's another uh, easy pasta dish. We did, did this the other night where it's like a vegetarian pasta on steroids because yeah, you cook the spaghetti and I just had a very simple fresh tomato sauce and just steamed some broccoli and and beans and peas and just had the pasta with the tomato sauce and then just put the steamed vegetables Mm. and then a big dollop of fresh pesto and parmesan and a handful of toasted pine nuts. 
That's great because, I mean, sometimes, you know, like pasta's just flour, so it's really great if you can offset that with all those vegetables. Yeah, well, this is sort of... Make it healthier. Definitely more vegetable matter than pasta. Yeah. Fantastic. Almost like a salad, but not really. Yeah. Okay, so we're up to number five. What's your... Gee, number five. What's number five? Oh. Oh. Now, racking my brain now. I've got another song. Oh, <laughs> I can do a number five. Okay. Um, There's this um, Japanese dish called a a donburi, which I really like. But before that, I just want to say something a little bit about onions, chopping up of onions and garlic. Often that's what can take a lot of time. Like we're not doing stir fry. Stir fries are another quick one, but um, you know, like they they can take a little bit of time. So if you've ever seen any of those sentient cookbooks, like Kermadasa, I've got a couple of them where he uses. you know, they don't believe in onions and garlic. They use asfoetida and they've got a great palak paneer using asfoetida and uh, onions and garlic. It mm. is so quick. Just without that sort of 10 or 15 minutes spent chopping onions and garlic and use asfoetida, which is um, a replacement for... On- it's not the same. And what is asfoetida? Oh, asfoetida is a powder that's made from the giant... It's some giant vegetable. Um, I'd need to go and... Google it very quickly. I used to know it completely, but I don't know it. Anybody out there want to text me and remind me what vegetable asphatita comes from? Because the sentient, the sentient cooking is all about eating food that's good for your body and good for your mind. So it's definitely from a fennel. It's from the giant fennel. Right, there you go. There you go. I just want to make that point about uh, asphatita. Yeah, I quite like asphatita. You can only use it really sparingly. And I always follow recipes when I use it. But um, a vegetable donburi is a Japanese dish. It is so simple. Um, but you do have to start off washing your rice and cooking your rice. And you do need to use the sushi rice. And then you also need to soak whole dried shiitake mushrooms. After this, you, you're frying onions, quite a lot of onions in olive oil. And then you're adding eggplants, sliced eggplant. I'd often cook them ahead of time, but you don't have to. And then some green beans. And then in, you're mixing up a little mix of um, shoyu or tamari, mirin and a bit of sugar. When your vegetables are cooked, you add this, this soy mixture and it just cooks a little bit in that. Then you beat up four eggs and you pour the eggs in mm, over yeah. the top. And you sprinkle that with um, spring onions. And so what you get is kind of like an omelette, but it's not. It's really it's saucy as well. And then you serve that on um, rice and it is really, really quick and it is yummy. And I I don't use sugar. Yeah, I always use coconut sugar and I do use it sparingly. Um, But it is a a good one at the end of the week because you've often got got some eggs. I often have eggs left and I've always got dried shiitake mushrooms. The the green beans, maybe not, but you could if you've got frozen green beans or occasionally I've put in broccoli or something else green there. Beans are okay at the moment. They are good. I've got some snake beans from Ling's. So there you go. Five foods to cook in a half hour. And I don't think we've got the time to even talk about rest, uh, to talk about sweets. No sweets. Maybe we have to, I have to come back, maybe. <laughs> I think you're going to have to come back. <laughs> we did have another topic, wasn't it? Like not, not uh, there was another topic. What was it about? Not pears. Pears. Pears are in season are at the good. moment. Yeah. Um, but if I did have to cook a dessert quickly in a half hour, I reckon crepes. Or even mm. a crepe suzette is a, is, is a really quick dessert. Yeah. Well, that's about it for tonight on Kitchen Radio. Thank you so much, Dallas. Oh, that was a lot of here. fun. It was I'm, fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of um, my um, what's in my kitchen tonight. And I, I'm thinking risotto. 
pea and bacon risotto because I've got frozen peas and I've got frozen yeah, bacon. Is a good one. Risotto is a good one, but I reckon it takes me a little bit more than a half hour. And mm. Yeah, to do a good one. So, and what are you? So, you're going to do a thirty minute meal tonight? Do you think, or you've got a bit more Friday time? Friday night's usually a night I think. Oh, you know, I've had enough cooking. Like yeah. I cook every <laughs> night. Yeah, but I probably will end up cooking because yeah. I can't think of anything I want to buy. Go out and spend money on. Yeah. Yeah. So tonight we're going out with um, Sunflower by um, Rick's Orange County. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into Kitchen Radio. Please, if something you would like me to explore on Kitchen Radio, um, you can always find me on Facebook. You PM me and let me know what your ideas might be. Um, thank you, Dallas. It's been a great show. Oh, thank you. Good night. Keep cooking and please tune in next week.